This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Who jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Huh. Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get to rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone that's getting jiggy with it. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCan.com. That's Matt Bruning. Austin Nace is out hunting endangered animals with Carlos Slim. But Chris Moxley is here, and I'm Felix Sharp on a bitch-slapped version of tonight's show. Lettuce on the bottom of a burger, Sean Tucker or Kenneth Walker. And who will win the Heisman in 2022 if it's not C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? But we start with Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, who has been a full participant in spring practice. Matthew, it's looking like he is going to have this job. What is his ceiling, if healthy? Yeah, I think after the reports that came out today, it's almost guaranteed it's going to be his job. I mean, there are only seven practices into their 15, uh, and the report today was that the gap between him and Jack Miller is pretty big. So the fact that they're already saying that seven practices in, I think many almost secures Richardson the job outside of, of any kind of injury. That being said, I don't really know. Um, I was trying to think of what the name of the sea monster was, and I'm sure Moxley can tell me. Is it Cthulhu? How do you say it? Uh, it's not. It, it's Cthulhu. Kraken. Cthulhu. There we go. We had talked about this either on the after show or on the show with our good friend Austin about like if they unleash Anthony Richardson, that's what he could be. I think right now, if what you are looking at, what he's done, again, small sample size, he got injured. We didn't get to see him a whole ton last year, also because of Emory Jones. This season will be the one that really, I think, indicates what he's going to be. I see him as like a more explosive version of Jalen Hurts right now. Could he become better than that? Yes. My fear is 
at least as far as I know, I don't remember any or Billy Napier having any kind of track record about developing quarterbacks. In fact, I think he prefers that his quarterbacks run a little bit, which means is Anthony Richardson going to develop more as a passer, which I think is his really only weakness. And it is coming out in practice as well as they're talking. He stares down his receivers a little bit too much. He's very inconsistent in passing. The biggest thing about that is he'll make three or four really good throws in practice and then miss five straight. So the passing part of his game has got to catch up to how he is as an athlete in his rushing upside if that happens I think the ceiling is the roof as Michael Jordan would say but even if you say he's Jalen Hurts that dude's a top 10 fantasy court top five actually the past two seasons or top eight fantasy quarterback and I think if, if Jalen Hurts got drafted and could play on a team so can Anthony Richardson so I think his stock is only rising if he improves in passing it's going to shoot up even higher than what it is now we don't even have to go to Jalen Hurts. We can stay with the same school and talk about Tim Tebow and him being a first-round draft pick and not being nearly the athlete that Anthony Richardson is. Solving football has Anthony Richardson at six foot four, two hundred thirty-seven pounds, timed at twenty-one point seven miles per hour. Just for comparison, uh, Jonathan Taylor last year in the NFL was one of the fastest players with a score of I think it was twenty-one point one, twenty-two point one three. And he's not 6'4", 237 pounds. This dude is an absolute unit. And even if he doesn't, you know, make strides in the passing game, he's got so many athletic uh, athletic traits. If he puts it all together and he's if he's healthy, I think he's going. He has the potential to be a first round draft pick. Without playing, without starting last season, already has two 150 plus yard rushing games under his belt. And he just presents problems for defenses. I mean, you, you, like he's built like a fullback, built like a defensive end. He can outrun your secondary. It's not hyperbole to say that this guy is like Cam Newton around the goal line or in the rushing game. He's even faster than Cam Newton. We can just say that. He just has to get a little bit better. He just has to get a little bit better in the passing game. He has the arm strength. He can make all the throws, but can he make good decisions? Can he use his eyes to move safeties and linebackers off of their spot? That's really the question. But he could have two years to develop that. He hasn't started yet. He hasn't started yet. He hasn't been a full-time starter, but he's dominated at times. Chris Moxley, what do you think about Anthony Richardson and his ceiling? Well, his ceiling is incredible. I mean, I think he's there's a case that you could make that he's the best athlete in college football if we're just looking at raw athleticism, like this dude is one of the freak athletes of our sport. And it's, it's funny that you bring up the, the Jalen hurts, like comp, like a little souped up Jalen hurts, right? Like Billy Napier is on that staff at Alabama in 2016, that coach Jalen hurts, which was a superstar staff. It has like five head coaches in like premier roles. Now, like that was one of the best staffs, same as the but Napier is familiar with like, that type of player, and that might be the guy that he wants to have. So I would not, I would not be surprised in any capacity if he starts week one. I do have questions the same way Matt does about his upside in the passing game because it has not been good. Like he has been a very underwhelming passer from a technical perspective. It's not a question of tools; all the tools are there. Everything we've seen of him is questionable. There's a reason he could not beat out Emory Jones last year. Like, we could say all we want about the coaching situation. He could not beat out Emory Jones for a lar- for games out of the season. And so, like, I I am excited about him because I think he's a lot of potential, but it's, right now it's all potential. I, 
I'm I'm just a little nervous. I mean, you're giving me more reason to be nervous because you're comparing him to Jalen Hurts at Alabama, which was not a particularly dynamic player. And Billy Napier at uh, UL, I don't know that um, Levi Lewis was that dynamic of a player. I mean, they rely heavily on the run game. But, I mean, Anthony Richardson is just a, a player that you have to draw up plays for. You have to. You have to adapt your offense to. So we're going to see if he's he's – and he wasn't even supposed to be a full participant in camp after having surgery at the end of the season on his knee, and he is. So he's obviously ahead of schedule. Anything else, Matt? You know, you know what's going to really help him here? Um, Florida's offensive line was already pretty good, but they brought in both Osiris Torrance and Cameron Waits uh, from uh, Louisiana. Like, I think it's going to be a really good offensive line, and that's a type of thing that really matters to a quarterback who's working on – reading progressions and like developing the passing game. It's something that I think is going to be really, really beneficial to him. So I, I really like that Napier went out and addressed it this off season through the transfer portal, brought in some guys for Louisiana. I think it's really important. And I think that's like a big win for, for him. He'll be able to feel comfortable in the pocket against sec defenses. Like I, I really think they'll be, they'll be good. Felix, I want to ask you, cause I know you, you were definitely the highest on him. He was one of your guys last year, your guy that you you've been on, on him for a while now. So I know he, he did not start much last year, but week seven, nine and 13 were the most that he really got passing wise, at least one of those was Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Florida state, LSU for, for those of you who don't know the game. So two decent, or I mean, not horrible completion percentage games, 71% and 60%. Right now he's sitting at 58, I believe, career. If he's able to jump that to 62%, and again, because Moxley and me are both saying, like, hey, like the passing part is what he needs to clearly improve on. But we continue to see him just absolutely dominate, as you said, as an athlete. Everything Napier's able to develop plays from goes out there, just smashes. Even if it's two years in the SEC, do you realistically think with that kind of passing uh, completion percentage and everything? Because, I mean, I'm trying to pull up his yards really quick. I mean, what he had last year, well, 500, that's not really fair because, as you mentioned, he didn't. If you add in the rushing yards, he had a fairly decent least yards overall. Say he passes for 2,000 yards, something like that. Does that get him first-round draft capital? I mean, I'll just, I'll just bring up Tim Tebow, which was probably shouldn't have been a first-round draft pick. We saw Lamar Jackson go at the end of the first round, and we saw Jalen Hurts go in the second round. And I think that if you had to do the draft over again, Jalen Hurts would probably be a late first-round draft pick um, if, if it, the draft had to be done all over again. Anthony Richardson is – more exceptional of an athlete than any of those three that we know. He is an exceptional athlete. He'd go to the NFL and, and probably be one of the best size adjusted athletes. So then I just think, think that's going to be too hard for someone to pass up in the late first round. I just, I mean, he's, he could, he could score 20, 15, 20 touchdowns this year, just on the ground. He could run for 1200 yards on the ground this year. So then let's say that he does that this year. Do you think he should come out this year? Because I feel like this is the weaker quarterback class. You've got Stroud, you've got Young, and then like we're talking about guys like Tyler Van Dyke, who like, don't get me wrong, he he did play good at the end of last year. But I think if you're talking about if 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 Richardson goes out there and does what we're talking about him doing this year, they're likely going to take Richardson over Tyler Van Dyke because of what he can do as an athlete. Or if you go one more year removed, I think you've got a guy like Caleb Williams, maybe not quite the athlete that Anthony Richardson is, but I think better passer. You're going to have Quinn Ewers likely coming out, Jackson Dart. I know I'm forgetting names off the top of my head. Like, 
Hey, if Dart goes out there and blows up with Ole Miss, like I'm not saying he deserves to be in the category with those guys. If he goes out there and puts up the stats in the SEC, he's going to be highly touted. I mean, we got Kenny Pickett out here talked about being a first round pick. Dude did it for one year against the ACC. Like, let's, I mean, let's just be honest here. So if Dart goes out there and does it for two seasons in, in, in the SEC, like he's going to be considered a first round pick. You've got a lot of guys. I'm shaking, my, I'm shaking my head at Quinn Ewers being a first round pick after not throwing a pass in three years. But my but Anthony Richardson, I, I like I like reps at that position. I mean, it's something that Bill Parcells taught, you know, you had to start for a number of years. He hasn't even he has not been a first year starter yet. I think that he needs at least two strong seasons, one to develop his passing ability, and then two to like become this to reach his potential uh, with his athleticism where he takes over games. We haven't really seen that except for like against South Florida where he got in and, you know, runs for a 70 yard touchdown and immediately tears his hamstring and is out for the next couple of games. So he, this is a player who needs a lot of development. He was described as raw coming out of Gainesville and he's still raw, but he still, he has it. He, ha he has, you mentioned like he has all the physical tools to be a passer. He just needs to, he needs additional reps for that mental ability. All right. All right, Chris Moxley, why don't you take us into housekeeping? All right, we got a couple things to discuss this week. First is a website. If y'all have been under a rock, we launched on 314. Brand new website with a whole bunch of new tools. Uh, kept our kept our current tools, obviously. Uh, added College Fantasy, added Devi, added Ranks and ADP for each of those categories. And the key date that you need to look for is 401, which is Friday. We have... A deal currently going on, which is we've released three different tiers of membership. If you sign up for the yearly walk-on, which is tier one, you get access to our guide and you get grandfathered into the scholarship, which is scholarship tier, which is tier two. This gives you access to all the tools, all the ADP, all the rankings, a $20 guide. This gets you everything except betting content and true NIL Discord content, which I think you should sign up for anyway. When we're in there providing insight, you're not getting anywhere else. Website has been awesome. We need some and more energy, Chris. I don't know if the people sorry. are respecting right. you. You gotta. I'm sorry. I don't just. I don't know, man. I don't know if the people are respecting <laughs> you with your housekeeping. You gotta. All you right. gotta come with it, Chris. I mean, the people need to know. <laughs> All right. Do you like money? Do you like winning money? Prize Picks has partnered with Canvas Can. For so many different opportunities, you can get NBA, you can do baseball, opening up in a week. You can do the Final Four if you really want to. You can do all of these things with a Price Picks promo code using C2C. If you deposit up to $20, you can go up to 100 They will match. You get a membership at the site. Bing, bang, boom, and you get to win money. That, very simple. You can leverage during college football season our rankings, our ADP. Some of the betting content that we're putting out has to do with prize picks. Now is the time to sign up with the promo code C2C. YouTube page. For the same for the same period, you want to get in on the C2 page. We are doing a drawing for a Keishon Boutte jersey on 4-1. Keishon Boutte? Yeah, signed Keishon Boutte, not just a regular jersey. A signed Keishon Boutte jersey. All you have to do is sign up and send a screenshot to either the Campus Canton, you, Campus Canton Twitter account or you can send it to Matt Bruning's personal account. I know he's keeping track of this, so you can flood his DMs. Um, all you have to do is sign, uh, sign up for the YouTube page. That's it. Subscribe. Like our content. Not very complicated. You can also win a free membership 
as well. So you could get entered to win a chance at a K- signed Keishon Boutte jersey or a free yearly membership. Pretty good value for just send, shooting us a DM that you subscribed. Um, the last thing, and it kind of goes in line with the likes and the subscriptions and, you know, the this is week two that I have called you out. You've been doing this a lot longer than this. But this is week two of freeloading. Rate and review the show. All us three are very disappointed parents that look down on you as you sit in your house without a job, eating Chinese food, not working during the day, smoking a whole bunch of hoo-ha, doing all this stuff, not paying rent, not contributing to the household, not paying for groceries. If you like the show, if you like Debbie content, if you like Campus Can content, all you have to do is give us a rate and review. I actually did this for a show this week that I appreciate because I am not a freeloader like y'all are. It took me three minutes to do. Any web player you can rate and review podcasts. I know y'all listen, and I know you've got time on your hands because y'all are out here posting engagement farming tweets all the time on Twitter. Engagement <laughs> farmer freaking rates and reviews, y'all. Um, yeah, get in the website. Uh, if you are not a member of the website, become a, me- a member at campuscan.com. Just $29.99 uh, for the walk-on tier. And tomorrow, just for our members in the Discord, we're going to be doing an all-22 film review of Kendall Milton. Last week, we did uh, Will Levis. This week, we're going to take a look at Kendall Milton, trying to get some of these more controversial players to see what their strengths and weaknesses are. All right. There are... There are three real ways to tell if a podcast is struggling for content. One is if they start the show with an article in The Athletic said X. That's one way. A second way is if they do a mock draft. And a third way is if they do a mailbag show. Well, today we came up with some questions because it is a slow, slow content time. Just a grab bag of questions, and we'll take this one first. Matthew. Take C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young out of the picture. Who wins the Heisman Trophy and why? You're really not going to like my answer, but since we're allowed to project on what Anthony Richardson can be, why can't I project Quinn Ewers winning the Big 12, taking Texas back to the playoffs, (laughs) and possibly winning the Heisman? I mean, look, they've got a loaded roster, right? They've got Xavier Worthy, who broke out massively as a freshman last year with Casey Thompson as his quarterback, who, granted, played a lot better than I think Colin and myself wanted to give him. We thought it was going to be Hudson Card. Casey Thompson was able to get the best out of him. You got Isaiah Nayor, who's apparently blowing up. I think he added weight as well, has been just killing it at camp. And they've got three and four wide receivers in Whittington. And there's someone else off the top of my head I can't remember who are actually doing well as, as well. They've reinvent not reinvented they've they've brought in players on the offensive line to improve that offensive line to help protect Quinn Ewers and then you've got Bijan Robinson behind him with Jade on blue and for the life of me I cannot remember who the likely backup is going to be who's he's not a horrible running back he's not Bijan um he'll get Rosh- reps Roshan Johnson Roshan Johnson there Rosh- we go it's like then you add in Jaleel Billingsley at tight end. Like they have a really good team. And if you go back and look at what Texas did last year, they were not blown out in any game. They lost so many games in the fourth quarter. And it was one score games. And that was just because some of that was on the defense, not necessarily the offense. But when the offense needed to answer, they couldn't do it. I think Quinn can do that for them. They're not going to beat Bama in week two. 
But then outside of that, their hardest, the hardest team on their schedule is an Oklahoma team who's also rebuilding and retooling. And if they can win that game, they likely win the Big 12. And you cannot tell me that a Texas team with their one loss being Alabama, who probably is going to go undefeated and make the playoffs, are not going to get into the playoffs. They will. And if that happens, again, we're taking C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young out, who are likely one of those two is going to win it. So if we're taking those two out of it, then I'm going to take a guy who's taken his team to the playoffs for the first time since Vince Young won the national championship. I think he's got a realistic shot to do it. I just don't think Hudson Card's going to win the job. And I do believe in yours. I know you're more skeptical, but I just I believe in his talent and what he what he can be. And if he is he's able to put eighty percent of that together, Texas is going to be a good team this year. I, I don't think that we've record put this and since we don't really have anywhere to go today. I'm just going to talk about this. I don't think that we've put this on record about my questions about Quinn Ewers because the I think it's Greg Biggins who wrote up his profile for 24-7 Sports and called him one of the best improvising quarterbacks that he's seen. I'm like, I've watched the huddle tape. Like, he's one of the most well-protected quarterbacks that I've seen. I don't see the improvisation. I don't see him being a rushing threat. I see him throwing to wide-open players. And when you just come – for me, when you compare him – to a player like Drew Aller, which you see him improvising, you see him escaping pressure, you see him making anticipatory throws. When you look at Devin Brown, who might have the strongest arm in the class, let's not even go to Ty Simpson, who is essentially like a Bryce Young, Harson Card, Hudson Card type scrambler. I just don't see you and Austin see it. A lot of y'all at the site see it. I but we've had this conversation in text messages. I'm like. Line for line, I will go through the report and say, where do you see this? Where do you see this guy escaping pressure and making all these throws? Because I just don't see it. But then I sent you those throws, and you even agreed with me when I sent you those in the text messages because we talked about it and thing. And I understand having questions about it. The one thing I will add about his huddle tape, and I posted this in our recruiting channel the other day. Obviously, we have nothing senior year because he reclassified it goes to Ohio State, right? His junior season, he had a double groin injury. He was told to not leave the pocket. They didn't. His doctors did not want him to play. He chose to come back and play because he thought that they could win a na- uh, not national a state championship in Texas. They told him you cannot scramble. They told the coaches if you cannot keep him in the pocket, he cannot play. That's on record now by the South Lake Carroll head coach who said that on a twenty four seven podcast just recently. So I think that's why you don't see that as much in his junior film. If you go back and look at his sophomore stuff, you see, and there was stuff before that injury happened, because I think it happened week three or four. You see it on there, and that's why I sent you those videos. Because you, and again, it's not on his huddle, but if you go South Lake Carroll, I mean, down here is just as big as the Cowboys. You can find their full games on YouTube. You can find the plays where he does that stuff. It's not as often. I think some of that had to do with that groin injury his junior season. All right. Chris Moxley, who do you have winning the Heisman if it's not Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Man, I hate to follow that up. I feel, I feel like I just—I feel like I just got second degree. I mean, did pick McCord last year to win the Heisman? It's just absolutely ridiculous. Somebody yeah, associated with the Ohio State program. Have y'all, whatever. Have y'all seen the Queen Ewers documentary? What? I did not yeah, even happy, know there was one. Yeah, Happy Feet. It, it's it's a oh. uh, Queen Ewers documentary. He is terrible. It's a great movie. Great. I heard it was a musical. So now I'm definitely not going to watch it because we know my feelings on musicals. So. Yeah, he's terrible footwork. Um, he is a he's really raw prospect. I I I really like him, but there's a lot of questions. Um, mine is actually going to be a defensive player. I think Will Anderson breaks the mold. Ah, oh, and- damn it, Chris Moxley. That's who I was going to pick. 
mine's been in the show sheet since you sent it to us two bits for the show. Okay. Well, but that's all about. Felix hasn't looked at it. Yeah. Felix, Felix read the intro and then he didn't look at anything else. That's why he missed it. So I, I like Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson has what was separates him from previous defensive contenders to win the Heisman is that he already has that name cachet and he's on the best team in the country. Like Will Anderson, I think is categorically different than a lot of other uh, Heisman hopefuls. And so I think there's a really good chance that he's in top three of voting. And I think they may have a little bit of fatigue with Bryce Young. I don't know if they'll, they'll do it twice. So give to the second best player on the team who's going to be the captain of defense, probably lead the nation in sacks again. Will Anderson Jr. is a dynamic player. I really like him. Um, and I it defensive players just don't win very often. I think he can, I think he can, I think he can break the mold. I really like him. So he's I, also I, good I feel- value. He's plus six thousand on DraftKings, and that's like the same price Ooh. as like Spencer Rattler or something. Okay, um, he's he's really cheap. Like he's cheaper than Trayvon Henderson. He's cheaper than B. John Robinson. Like he he's a lot cheaper than he should be, in my opinion. Do we get Heisman props on Prize Picks? I might need to look into that because uh, that sounds like something I would want to take. Will Anderson is a dynamic player. In two thousand and nine, uh, Mark Ingram stole the Heisman from Indomitian Sue. He should have won it last year. I thought Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson should have been finalists, especially uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the heels of that Ohio State game, absolutely dominating that game. So. Um, and mine was mine was Will Anderson. I did not look at the show sheet. I mean, that, he's the he's one of the three. He's the one of the three best uh, players in college football. So, and he doesn't even need to play next year to solidify his draft capital. All right, curveball question here, Matthew. You order a burger at a restaurant and it is served with lettuce, tomato, and onion on the bottom bun underneath the burger. Fair or fact? I mean, I'm just going to say foul just because I don't get tomatoes or lettuce on my burgers anyways. Uh, tomatoes, that's just like, it's usually wet raw, and it's like soaping. Like a meat patty? No, I can cheese, onions, cave, ketchup, man. mustard. I'm very just a plain individual. Like, I don't need all that extra shit. Um, but a lot of places down here in Texas put it on the bottom anyway. So I guess I don't really have any. Like, I don't, wouldn't want the onions on the bottom. I'd want the onions on the top of the burger. So I'll right. say foul. I guess that's, but I guess I that's why we don't get along. Um uh, there's many known. other reasons, but that's probably just another one we can add to the list, I'm sure. I mean, I'm being yelled at at Austin in our tech group text message about, uh, well, about some some bylaws. But anyway, Chris Moxley, fair or foul, uh, uh, the veggies on the bottom bun. No, that's ridiculous. I, it's, I, I legitimately believe that if I it's was offensive. serving that. It's offensive. Yeah. The first thing I would do is this. I would take it out. I would flip it and then I would put it on top myself. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is never go back to that restaurant again. I don't, I like that is, that is just a bet. That is the chef or whoever's preparing the food for me. That, that is them playing a joke on me and I don't really appreciate right. it. That's it's, right. a, it's, a, it's offensive. It's seriously offensive. Like I, listen, I, I take, I appreciate the restaurant game and servers, like it's a really tough job. It's a lot of long hours, really tough hours. But if you go and you serve me a sandwich, it doesn't even just have to be a burger. Any type of sandwich that has stuff on it, you put that under the meat, you're, you're you got problems. I I don't even write Yelp write Yelp reviews, and I'll write a Yelp review. I'll say this place serves this. Hey, people are going to take notice of that. That is how you go out of business. Matt, can you put that on the poll? Can you put that on the poll, please? I want to know what the customers say. Listen, when you bite into a burger, you're supposed to 
taste the veggies roofing, first. Roofing your mouth. Yes. And then yeah. go into the meat before you go into the bread again. That is the consistent bite. When it's on the bottom, you got these veggies on the bottom on your bottom teeth. It makes no sense. I don't like I don't like that at all. When you put that question on here, I was I was getting heated, man. I You're was triggered. Yeah, I triggered. was triggered. Triggered. It's foul. It's foul. All right. Um, Matthew. Yes. Or Chris, I'll go to you first since Matthew's putting that on the poll. Pick a running back or wide receiver outside of the top 10 rounds of RADP who will be there next year. Dang, I really wanted to pick a quarterback. And then I was like, oh, dang. It's uh, it's only wide receiver. Um, I had a few. I think Andre Green, the receiver at North Carolina, gets mm. there. I think that he's the presumptive one moving forward. He's been pretty impressive, uh, according to reports. I, nobody seems to like him. He's going 192 in our ADP, and I n- have no idea why. He's still a five-star wide receiver. Chris Marshall at Texas A&M. Like, I know there's a whole story that Jimbo can't develop any players. Maybe that's true, but I'm not taking a five-star wide receiver outside of the top 10 rounds. I think his ADP is a little bit ridiculous. Um, and can I, I know we're not talking quarterbacks, but I feel like if I didn't say it, it would be remiss. Why is Ty Simpson, a five-star quarterback, going to the best program in the country that has developed first-round quarterbacks for the last like decade, going outside the top 10 in our ADP? What are y'all doing? Man, that's Who ridiculous. also has he's rushing gonna, upside. Yeah, he's going to go 10 rounds higher than he's going right now. Like He's going to be a top three-round pick in 2023. It's, like, his, his, his ADP is offensive. Matt? Uh, I was trying to find a running back that I really like, and there isn't one. I'll give Austin a shout-out. Um, if Lorenzo Styles Jr. at Notre Dame does what he says he's going to do, he's clearly going to jump up. He's going as, as wide receiver, uh, where to go, 35 off the board, 116. Um, Talon Cetron, freshman at Oklahoma State, is absolutely dominating in camp from everything I've been reading. Uh, they, they're just saying like his size is ridiculous. He, it's a complete... Uh, just factor for him in, in dominating in the red zone and Spencer Sanders and him have been connecting a lot. Um, and then Keon Grace and DJ Allen, <sighs> never mind. Grace might just on us alone, like Austin pumping him up. Cause we know Austin has a huge effect on ADP. He's, he's just outside the top one, uh, the top 10 rounds right now. Um, obviously he's probably not going to do much this year. And then DJ Allen, like I just, I have, I, seriously doubt that there's no way he doesn't do something decent this year in that TCU offense, uh, whether it's as a receiver, if they use him all over the field and then being in TCU's office with Quentin Johnston gone now, likely after the season, if he goes out and blows up the way we all think he's going to again, uh, I think DJ Allen clearly jumps up there as well. Those are guys all outside uh, the top 10 rounds. I think could easily jump up uh, into the top 10. I was just trying to check this player and see if he was in the top 10 or not, but it's Iowa running back Gavin Williams. Um, I think that collectively we have him run. He's not in the, in the top 10. Uh, I, I'm going to look, I don't know that he's even being drafted. I'll look really quick. There's, yeah. I have there's no way. He is. No way. Yeah. I, I have him be, I have him ranked in the top. I, I had him at 17, but I think I moved some guys around and he's in the top 20. I think collectively as a site, we haven't, you guys have him ranked like in the 150s. Uh, this is a player who's going to take over for um, Tyler Goodson. And then there is, I can't remember the other Williams running back there, but that running back is much, much smaller. Gavin Williams is 215 pounds, has a requisite size, has some burst. And I just think that he's a good player. I think that he's a good player. So uh, I've got Gavin Williams ranked in the, definitely in the top 25 of, of my running backs. And I think that 
next season. He's a third. This will be his third year. Uh, I think that next year he will be a definitely a consensus top um, 10 round running back. I mean, I think he'll be a top 25 running back uh, next year. So Gavin Williams, Gavin Williams. That's it for me. Yeah. He has not currently been drafted at all. He has no ADP. Oh, so that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I got it. I've got him in the top 25. Has he been drafted in any CFF drafts? Uh, I don't know. No, he didn't pop up on the ADP sheet at all. Wow. Look at me. Shoot from deep, baby. Shoot from deep. Gavin Williams. That'll be one of my guys this year. All right. Um, Well, I mean, we saw how well your my guys worked out for you last year. Right, Chris Moxley? Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. One of four. I think I did better than any of you did. That's completely as far as as far as Austin Austin and myself did much better than you did. Jaden Wally. Who else? I mean, he had a, a not a horrible season. I don't remember. I, I sent you the picture. I don't remember. I can't remember either. We'll move on here. We can come back to that in the after show. All right. Our uh, our next set of questions here is we're going to take a look at the 2022 draft class and then compare to some uh, guys in college and ask if we would have the 2022 NFL rookie or the collegiate guy. All right. Um, Chris Moxley, I will throw this one to you first. Drake London, projected first-round NFL draft pick, or Jordan Addison? Um, I'm not even a big Drake London fan. You know, I I have a couple questions about separation, even though it's been mocked on Twitter. Like, I don't I don't think he – I think he's like an average separator, maybe good enough. But he's still a top – he's still probably going to be a top-10 pick, probably top-15 pick. I don't really know what I'm going to get out of Jordan Addison this year. It's really hard to fade a guy who was productive early – um, he hit a bunch of the benchmarks that we're looking for in terms of yards per deep pass attempt, weighted dominator, and is going to be top 15 selection and has size. Like, it's really hard for me to fade Drake London, even if I'm not his biggest fan. So I, I'll, I'm i in the London camp on this one. And I like Addison, too. I just I like the certainty of what I'm getting with London currently. Matthew? Yeah. Not to peel the curtain back too much, but this was probably the one I struggled with the most out of all the ones you put on here. Because I like Addison as well. We just did his Debbie profile, and I kind of forgot, like, because he's been so good, I kind of forgot yeah. how good he was when I was yeah. looking into him. Uh, but it's London for me. Like, I, I do think that he is a much better separator than he gets credit for. Maybe not off the line, but he he's very much like a when Jamar chase separates at the catch point and London does that a lot. I also think Slovis hurt him a lot with the way he did not get him the ball when he did get open, a lot of stuff that was misthrown or poorly thrown in poor locations behind London. And yet he was always able to adjust to that. And I agree with Moxley, like all these people who are plugged into the NFL are plugging him in top 10, 15 picks. Like as much as I love Addison, I don't know that he goes that high next year. So London's going to have that baked into his capital already. He's got the size. He's a better athlete than I think we give him credit for. I'm going to go London, but it was close. Like I waffled on this one for a while. Yeah. This is the problem with, and this question for me is that these this is players of two different play styles, and it's Jordan Addison's play style that I feel more comfortable projecting to the NFL. Drake London very much a you know he has to have the right mesh with a quarterback who's going to throw it up and not necessarily need to see space between you know he and uh, he and the and the cornerback. And Jordan Addison is someone who can run after the catch. I think he's going to create separation. Um, but the value, the value of these two players right now is probably on the Drake London side. 
I don't know if it was in, if we were in a vacuum and they were coming out at the same, at the same time, I think I would pick Jordan Addison just because I feel more comfortable projecting that play style to the NFL. Um, I mean, the NFL uh, definitely fading, fading these bigger, these bigger wide receivers. Update really quick. I just, I just got to do this. Maybe I worded this question poorly, but have you seen the poll? Fair is winning. Veggies on the bottom of your burger. Fair is winning. I saw how you were. Only eight yes, votes in. Um, Did I word it poorly? I'm sorry. I was like trying to. I mean, that's all right. Can you put all of these on? I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to produce the show and yeah. put yeah, these on. I'll, put uh, as, I'm gonna, I'll post the Drake that. London one. Okay. Was he leading? Uh, was Matt leading the witness with the, with the, uh, I, I gotta. I feel like I've got to read the, the, the way he. Uh, I said foul though. I agreed with you guys. I just said I don't put tomatoes on. I don't He's, put tomatoes on my burger, but I said foul. He tweeted <laughs> and, fair foul. And, uh, veggies on your burger came on the bottom of your burger. Yeah, okay, that's fair. All right. Um, all right, uh, Matthew, Traylon Burks or Kayshawn Butte. It's Butte. I, I know the rumors about the Achilles tendon injury are not great. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see him come back this year and do produce at any form to kind of, you know, s- make those fears go away. But Traylon Burks is so raw going into the NFL. I feel like you're going to have to hope whatever coaching staff and team he goes to helps develop him. Shut up, Austin. Nobody's talking to you. Go back to hunting your whatever you're doing. Endangered animals. Um I forgot what I was talking about. Thanks a lot, Austin. Oh, Butte. Butte's already, to me, proven to be more of a technically sound wide receiver than Burks has. Like, as long as he goes out on the field this year and does something, I think he's like a top five, top ten pick. I, I don't know that Burks gets drafted in the first round this year with the way NFL teams seem to be falling on him. So give me Butte all day long. Chris? Uh, this was the toughest one for me, actually, because um, I really like both of these players. If you had asked me this like a week and a half ago, I would have been very much Boutte. The stuff that comes out came out in the last week, you know, Brian Kelly having that really bizarre press conference where he's like, I know his last name. He needs to attend his classes. He needs to like get healthy. He's still in a walking boot. It was, it was like a really bizarre press conference about Keishon Boutte, which threw a little doubt on him, in my opinion. Um, I am still going to pick Boutte because the NFL rumors about Burks aren't great currently. Like the industry seems to be pretty down on him. And I, I do agree that if Boutte does literally anything this year, he's probably a top 10 pick because of how impressive his freshman season was. He's like, he's a really good wide receiver. I don't want to discount him even with all those questions that we have surrounding his profile currently, which I think, I I think are legitimate questions. Like I, I, I'm ready to move uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba above him in, in Debbie. Like I've already made that, that choice, but still really like Boutte. Yeah. Um, this is another thing where the, the players are very different. Um, Traylon Burks been, has been described as a gadget guy, but he's a, he's a 220 pound gadget guy who could, who can run 22 miles per hour. I mean, and he has big hands. I just, it, it's hard because I think last year I started with Burks as my wide receiver one, and then Boutte was number two. And so you're really asking me, between the last two classes, my wide receiver one. And we're splitting hairs here, man. It's probably landing spot dependent. I think I have to – this is the thing. As good as we think Kayshawn Boutte is, 
That dude is like a 4-5-5-40 guy. He is not a 4-4-40 guy. He's someone who's, I don't even think has hit 21 miles an hour. He's in the 20 in the 20 range. Um, and big wide receiver guy, if you're watching, you can correct me on that one. But I think that that's right. Uh, so I'm going to go with the more athletic guy who's been, you know, thrown about not being a, a, a true X. But I still like his size and his potential, and I think that he could develop into that. Chris Moxley. Brees Hall or one Bijan Robinson? It's Bijan. Um, and yeah. I actually I think I think Brees Hall's a top five, six Debbie running back as we sit right now. Or sorry, Dynasty running back as we sit right now. Um, like he'll get there by the time that the season get, turns turns around. Um Bijan is different, man. Like Bijan is Saquon Barkley-esque of he steps into your dynasty team and he is like the one-on-one immediately. Yeah, like That's how I think Bijan's going to end up. So like, I, I, I still think Bijan, and if it's a Debbie, maybe it's a little bit closer, but in a Camps Canton league, I mean, you're still getting a full season of Bijan production, yep. which is going to help you win that side of the league. So which might even be more. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might even be more valuable than whatever um, Brees Hall puts up in the NFL. This absolutely. Year, so. It absolutely will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big wide receiver guy says he has Kayshawn Boutte at 21.2. So he does have the – he's over that 21-mile-an-hour threshold. But Traylon Burks at 22.6. So um, I think that that's faster than the tr- tr- track time we have for uh, Jonathan Taylor last season. I'm also pretty sure – and Salvi Football may be the one who posted this, but Traylon Burks' time is the fastest in college and NFL in the last two years, three years. Like yep. that twenty two oh, so point. I saw it at twenty two point eight at one point. That's even really faster. Fast. Even faster than that DK Metcalf uh, chase down. That's like the faster than Metcalf, famous. faster than Tyreek Hill. I think he has the fastest time recorded. Maybe a little bit faster than Raheem Mostert. Like this dude has speed. Uh, it would be Brees Hall for me though. By the way, too. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm you're sorry, Bijan. I'm sorry, Bijan. I'm sorry, oh. Bijan. Bijan, not oh. Brees Hall. Bijan. Uh, so you flipped because Brees Hall was no, your so, guy. Last year, yes, because as I mentioned, I, I was all in on winning the college side. And my, my biggest thing with RBs is I do prefer to get them into the NFL sooner. But as I've said before, Bijan and Travion are the only two running backs I've seen recently that I think have first-round draft capital. I know all the talk about Brees Hall with, with what he did at the Combine might shoot him up there. I doubt that. I, I don't see any way he goes in the first round. Bijan, I think, has a chance to do that next year. And he's just he, – he is special with what he can do. Like, Brees Hall – I think could be a top 12 fantasy running back at the NFL, like one or two seasons. Bijan, I think is like going to be locked in there for multiple seasons. Yeah. All yeah. the, the uh, polls are up, by the way, they're all on cool. one thread. Cool. Uh, um, I'm right there with you on, on Bijan. Let's go a little bit quicker with these. I'll take this one first. Jameer Gibbs or Brees Hall. Um, Jameer Gibbs is my RB one. I just think that, I know that there's a question about his BMI and being over 200 pounds. I just think that the way that he can be used in the passing game is different, is different. And we haven't seen like a, a, a back to be used similarly since Christian McCaffrey. And I think, and I don't know that Christian McCaffrey catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. I think that you could, I think that B. John Robinson could play slot receiver in the NFL. I think that he is that good. So uh, I'm going to go, Jameer, this might this might end up being silly. This might end up looking silly, but I'm going to go Jameer. But I've always had Jameer Gibbs ranked above uh, Brees Hall, so even last year. So 
Chris Moxley, who you got between those two? I'm also going to go Jameer Gibbs because I think his upside is just fantastic. And he's going to be an He could catch 100 balls. And this, this is a player yeah. who could legitimately catch yeah. 100 passes in the NFL. He could enter the NFL at, well, I guess Kamara and McCaffrey will probably still be there. Top three receiving back, top four receiving back, Eckler, McCaffrey, Kamara. Like, he's right there in that elite tier immediately. Um, he could play the Austin Eckler role of get, like, 15 touches a game and just still be an yeah. RB1. Like, that is how good and dynamic he is. He The, the reports out of camp for Jameer Gibbs are phenomenal. Like, he's embarrassing a defense that was just in the national title game. Like, Jameer Gibbs is a fantastic player. I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I feel like this was a lot closer for me than it was you two. My biggest fear with Gibbs is that he apparently came in weighed under 200 for Alabama. We don't see a lot of those guys get shots at the NFL. I agree he could be Eckler, he could be Kamara, but you're also those those guys are are special and they're unicorns and you you can't just say that about everybody. Not that Gibbs isn't, and I do think he's got to go to the right offense in the NFL if that's what he's going to be to use him that way like the Chargers do Eckler and the Saints do Kamara because he could also end up being like Naheem Hines who only had that one good season when, yeah. when Indy used him that way. So I'm actually going to take Brees Hall because I, I tend to go a little bit safer with some of my stuff, and I think Brees Hall is going to produce in the rushing and receiving side as well in the NFL, and, and he's got the adjusted size and speed, so I'm good with Hall there. All right, Matthew. Well, then here, pick between your two loves, Travion Henderson or Travion Brees Hall. Henderson. You don't even have to finish it. You can say Travion Henderson or Archie Griffin, Travion Henderson. Next, next question. <laughs> Uh, Mox? Yeah, it's Travion. I mean, I think Travion's the second best running back in college football right now. So, all right, let's okay, let's let's throw some little cold water on this Travion Henderson thing. This is a guy who has some elite speed, but a lot of the holes that you saw him run through were wide open holes. I mean, you, I don't know how much tackle breaking ability that you saw from him other than being able to, um, uh, just outrun defenders and defeat their angles. But I don't know that you saw like raw, just you know, Herculean uh, tackle breaking ability from from Travion Henderson. That's my only. That's my only thing. That's why I just want you know wanted to know who you'd have. But everybody is saying Brees Hall, uh, or excuse me, Travion Henderson. I'm saying Travion Henderson too. All right, here we go. Two teammates, Matthew. Uh, just just so you know, he had a uh, 50 missed tackles last year, which was top 20 in college. So just just throwing that well, out. I mean, there. I wasn't looking at the statistics. Listen, you know where I got my statistics? Right here. Right here. From my from Those my eyeballs. Gut. Those eyeballs. I got gut. you. From my gut. Um I'm just I'm thinking back of uh Stephen Colbert doing the White House correspondence dinner, one of the funniest 30 minutes that you'll ever see on television. Uh where to get these facts? You read them in a book. I got them from my gut. Um, all right. Uh <clears throat> get let's see. Teammates, Matthew. Garrett Wilson or Jackson Smith and Jigba, spelled correctly uh, it, for Austin. It's it's JSN. Uh, I know I'm almost positive Austin said this as well. Like I think he's the be- he was the best wide receiver there last year. He's gonna go out there and smash this year. Like I love Garrett Wilson, but everything JSN can do after the catch and where they can line him up all over the field, I'm taking JSN. I, I'm I shaking my head because it's Garrett Wilson for me. It's Garrett Wilson is a different type of of player. He's I've, I've said this before, the quick twitch separator, that's what Garrett Wilson is. I think Garrett Wilson is going to play in the NFL for 15 years. He's like he's Amari like Cooper, and I love Omar, like the route runner Amari Cooper. I love that type of player, and I, th- I think that he's uh, – it's Garrett Wilson for me. And he can play outside. 
You can move him outside. You can move him inside. Jackson Smith and Jigba is very much a slot receiver. So give me Garrett Wilson. I have JSN, and I think JSN can play outside this year. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to stick in the slot. Remember the same conversations that we're having about Garrett Wilson is the only slot type a year ago. I think, I think it's probably, I think he's going to, I think he can play outside. I don't know if he will, um, but I think he could. All right. Rapid fire here. Chris Moxley, Jacob Cowling or Sky Moore? Easily Sky Moore. If Jacob Cowling was as good as Sky Moore, he would have declared this year. Give me Jacob Cowling. Matthew? I actually agree with Moxley and 80, 80 snaps on the outside for JSN. But give me Scott Moore. Uh, Matthew, Sean Tucker or Kenneth Walker? <sighs> Sean Tucker. And that hurts because I Matthew. love Kenneth Walker. Sean Tucker. He, he, I mean, he's a, he's a good athlete. I just wish he was a little bit bigger, but he's a better athlete than Walker is, or at least he appears to be. Uh, Matthew, Sean Tucker or Isaiah Spiller? Sean Tucker. Whew, man, oh, the precipitous fall it has been for Isaiah Spiller hey, well, Moxley. While you were out on Brees Hall last year, I was out on Isaiah Spiller. I was I, I was out on Isaiah Spiller after I know we did you the... Um, I know I brought the, up what oh, you said on the nerds. Yeah, I brought up what you said on the nerds room, and I, I agreed with you. I was one of those guys who was out on Spiller last year. All right, um, Chris Moxley, uh, Sean Tucker, or Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker. I don't... It's really tough for me to trust... Sean Tucker getting the same draft capital that I think Walker will this year. And I don't even like Kevin Walker that much. I yes. just I just don't trust that he's going to be a second round pick the way I think Walker will. Same that question matters a lot for running backs. It does matter uh, a lot. He he has to be very very athletic and he he has to be he has to start showing the ability to catch the ball if he's going to be produ- productive in fantasy at that size. Um yeah. Sean Tucker or Isaiah Spiller. Um Tucker, because I think Spiller might be dust. Doesn't it feel like Isaiah Spiller might fall to like round five or something like that? Like we might see I him. I do not have a good feeling. I, I don't, really don't think he falls out of the third round. I think he's going to go round three too. Yeah, with, with this with this class, like I think Hall and Walker clearly jumped him now, but I think he still goes round three. All right, uh, yeah. Matthew Malik Willis or Jackson Dart? Dart. He's Willis just has so much he needs to improve. I love the I love the upside with his legs, passing wise. Like like I'm 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 in on Dart Moxley. No, I'm gonna go with the guy who's gonna be a top six pick in the NFL draft versus a guy who's like three who hasn't played a whole season. Belt. Right, I know hasn't played a whole season. <laughs> and it was average when he played and has like one good game against Arizona on his resume and maybe like well, a half a quarter hey. against UCLA. That's great. Like, well, that's crazy to me. When he's a top five draft pick in two years, I get to do my whole shoot from deep, just like Felix does I mean, all the time. Then no, 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 you don't get to shoot from deep with players who are you know consensus like top ten. He's uh, uh, not consensus uh, recruits, apparently. but um, um, yeah, I got to go with Malik Willis too. I like Jackson's darts to Jackson darts tools, and I like the offense that he's in. But I mean, we haven't seen him play yet. So, all right, this is a I like this one, Chris Mosley. Come on now. Kenny Pickett or Tyler Van Dyke? This is the last one. I actually think Kenny Pickett is not a good quarterback. And I think Tyler Dyke, Van Dyke like actually could be or is. Might be. So Van Dyke. And I, I am I feel like I'm the only person in the world that isn't that worried about Josh Gaddis either. Like I think Van Dyke's could be fine this year. 
Well, Matthew's kind of quelled some of my fears there because he's saying that he's throwing the ball deep down the field to wide receivers in spring camp, which is yeah. which is what he did last year. So, Matthew, are you on Tyler Van Dyke over Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been all in on these guys who haven't shown us anything, and I'm projecting upside like I did with Dart. Like, Van Dyke looked decent for that second half of the season. We're going to get to see him play this year. Kenny Pickett, I graded out as my lowest quarterback out of all the quarterbacks in this class. I'm just not in on him. I think Tyler Van Dyke has a shot to impress this year, so I'm taking Van Dyke. All right. Uh, for those who have been paying attention to us, we always had an after show in an effort to kind of develop our bench of uh, on-air talent at Campus to Kent. We've been starting to hand the after show to Mike Valerie. It's now the off-mic after show. So, Mike, what do you got going for us on the after show today? Yeah, what's up, Pledges? We're taking the shit back to college, okay? We're going to have uh, CFF Jared on, and we're going to talk about CFF and college football, right? All right. So, do you have any anything that you want to get us get on us about uh, dur- during the main show, or, or are we good? Uh, we can just talk about that later. Okay. All right. Uh, so pay. So stick around for the after show. Check out the website, the Dynasty RB Stock Watch by Matthew Fox. Uh, Matthew, our own Matthew Bruning, recaps the Elite Eleven Dallas Regional. How to approach the middle rounds of a C two C draft by Chris Moxley, and then of course the campus to Canton feed Monday. You've got Chase and the Natty CFF podcast. We're going to hear from Jared a little bit later here. Um, Tuesday campus life. Wednesday De- Debbie debate. Thursday Canton bound. Also Thursday, the official on the YouTube channel, we had special guest Alan True of 24-7 Sports uh, is going to be on that show tomorrow. Friday, future freshman Brandon Sanders uh, talks about relevant freshmen, including the segment I love on that show is the Big Big Fish Small Pond, which is really a name to look at in um, CFF, a good recruit in kind of a, a smaller school. And then, of course, daily we have the Daily Draft Report. And Matthew on the weekends has been uploading all of the spring practice recaps. I mean, I think the only day that we don't have some content out is Sunday, and we'll probably figure out how to get some sort of podcast going. Coast there. to coast so, and tailgate during the season, baby. To- coast to coast and tailgate during the season. Ooh, I'm going to have to get some coffee. All right, that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field, intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42-20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama, and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain, their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Enfield caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one 
second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.